Welcome to The End Game, a podcast about the positive aspects of aging with grace, with joy, and with purpose. I'm your host, Don Auction. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get on with today's show. I am pleased to have as my guest today, Carrie Byrne, founder of The Long Distance Grandparent. Carrie's first career was as a research scientist. She has a PhD in rehabilitation science, and she completed a postdoctoral fellowship in aging and care. But in recent years, she has pivoted into creating a mission-driven business designed to help families strengthen intergenerational connections across miles of separation. Carrie, thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me, Don. So I guess it's safe to say that when you were back in college, you were not planning on a career as a social entrepreneur. Is that, is that accurate? <laughs> yes. I was very much trained to be a tenure-track professor. And when I started out, I actually wanted to study child development and took my first, you know, first year university course uh, in gerontology the study of the aging population. I didn't know what it was, uh, but I took it because it fit my schedule. It was a night class and for bonus points, you could volunteer. And so I went to volunteer uh, in a retirement home. And I, I always say the rest is history because I was just fascinated uh, with the stories that older adults were sharing and uh, continued to study aging throughout my career, right through to my postdoc. So what was your initial degree in? Is it uh, physical therapy or well, uh, rehabilitation? No, no, I had quite a, an interdisciplinary journey. When I started uh, in psychology, there really were not gerontology programs that you could go to and so the university that I was at only offered a gerontology certificate and so I kind of did a you know a major in psychology with this minor in gerontology and went on to do a master's that was an interdisciplinary human development master's but again studied issues related to aging uh, you know I spent over 20 years now studying aging and caregiving and went out to do a postdoc at the University of British Columbia and studied home care and the experience of home care for everyone involved. And then I, I don't know, I just realized that the academy was not going to be the place for me. I felt woefully unsatisfied when I would publish something uh, and feel that it wasn't really getting to enough people. And so that's really when I turned my attention. I was offered a job at a tech startup out in Vancouver and was able to take all of this uh, evidence and everything that we knew about family caregiving and then talk to developers and people who could put it into a product. And that was really, I suppose, where my interest in social entrepreneurship was ignited because we had a mission at that company as well. And I was able to really see the value of being able to use business and to take evidence and put it into a product and share it in that way. That's really cool. It's nice how fate uh, works out this way sometimes when you're not expecting it. Yeah, we think, we think it's gonna be a linear journey, don't we? And mine definitely <laughs> looks a little more like 
I'll, you know, I'll stay in the university. I'm going to leave. I'm going to stay. And I do still have an adjunct appointment uh, at a university here in Canada and involved in research. I love working with the students, uh, but I'll tell you that what I'm doing in my own career now is more satisfying because I get to see and hear about the tangible results that what I've developed uh, is making possible for, in this case, grandparents and grandchildren. So what was the spark that, that led to developing the long-distance grandparent? Well, because, as, you know, because I'd spent so much time in studying issues related to aging and caregiving, I always knew that intergenerational relationships were really important. And it was something that I was always fascinated with, intergenerational programming throughout my career. But when I became a mother, uh, produced my first son, it felt like I was holding him up to the world of the grandparents to say, look what I've done, <laughs> because they were so, they were so thrilled. Uh, and when I had my uh, first son, who's seven now, I always say that I birthed six long distance grandparents because everybody was at a distance. When he mm. was two, we were transferred to the Middle East and became what I call ultra long distance at that point. So we were in Canada, uh, my in-laws were in England. Most of my family was kind of spread out around Canada. Uh, but when we got to Dubai, that was a, a whole new lesson. And I had left my family many times because I married a British guy. We'd lived in England and kind of said goodbye to our families and, you know, for various different trips. But I'd never done it with someone's grandson strapped to my chest and I will never forget leaving the airport uh, and saying goodbye to my dad and our faces crumpling. And I do remember having the thought that I will not let this relationship suffer. And so when we got to Dubai, we you know, stayed in contact, did all kinds of fun things uh, on FaceTime and using video chat. I had my second son, I was on maternity leave. I'm not really cut out for maternity leave because a few months <laughs> in, I was really bored. <laughs> I lo you know, love my children, but it, there was a real desire to uh, kind of keep working. And so I noticed in Dubai, on the beaches of Dubai, actually in November, I started to call it grandparent season because the beaches were filled with grandparents and grandchildren. Because this is when the weather becomes glorious. I mean, all summer long, you hide or try to go back to your home country. Uh, because it's so hot but in november is when you start to see grandparents and grandchildren and so i started something called the grandparent interview project and reached out to some of the expat mom groups that i was a part of and started to interview grandparents from all over the world who had come to dubai to visit their grandchildren and what i realized in these interviews was a this deep desire to have a strong relationship but b that they were worried that they weren't going to be able to have a strong bond and a strong relationship from a distance. And I knew how possible it was. So I put on my researcher hat and started looking into, you know, what is it that leads to strong relationships from a distance? Uh, how do grandparents and grandchildren build strong relationships? Uh, and then I started the long distance grandparent really as a blog to test out the waters. I moved to Houston. And then the pandemic hit. My inbox started to fill up with these heartbreaking emails from grandparents who were not even able to have that coveted visit, in-person visit anymore. And so I then launched something called the Long Distance Grandparent Society. And that's an online membership program uh, specifically for long distance grandparents. And that's what I've been doing ever since. It's joyful, wonderful work. It's also tough emotionally because of course, 
when people were not able to see their grandchildren. And for some, that's just still recently been the case. Uh, there's been a lot of grief around that loss of time and connection. And so it's not just a, I send out, you know, I send out what I call a digital subscription box, but it's also, mm. we meet a couple times a month and really talk about grandparenting from a distance because it's quite different uh, than if your grandchild lives around the corner. I guess it would be. So what are the special problems that a long distance grandparent faces? Uh, what, what are you trying to help them get over? Well, first of all, it's really, we start with kind of what you envisioned grandparenting would be like and what it's actually like. And so for many grandparents, okay. they had grandparents who were quite close by. And so they would see them every Sunday night or you know have multiple visits pop into each other's houses. And that's not the case when your grandchild lives in a different city or uh, for many of the grandparents, different continent. And so that's kind of number one is just to really uh, reframe what this looks like uh, that you can still, you know, I, I suppose create some hope that you can still have this relationship. Uh, of course, video chatting is a big one that we talk about, you know, how to keep children's attention on a video chat, but also how to have meaningful conversations with them and, you know, how to connect from a distance. Uh, the other one is how to get the parents engaged. So I'm a parent. Uh, oftentimes when I get onto a call with people, they expect me to be a grandparent, but I'm actually the parent in the relationship. And so I see what works on the other side. And of course, it's, you know, everything that I'm doing is really deeply based in research evidence around how do you create relationships and how do you connect people and have strong and meaningful connections. So if I were to become a member of the Long Distance Grandparent Society, what would I expect to get from you? So every month you receive what is called a digital, uh, a digital connection box. And so I send out a connection pack and it is filled with ideas about how to stay connected. So you really, as a grandparent, have three ways available to you to connect with your grandchildren. That's in-person visits, uh, video chats, and then snail mail. Right? So I always say that the mailbox is the powerhouse of a long-distance grandparent because no one else is sending them mail. And so in the pack, every month, they get done for you, mail to send, but it's mail that connects, right? So it's asking for that connection. It's getting to know one another. So it's not, I don't just send out like a picture of a dinosaur <laughs> for you to send to your grandchild, right? I send out kind of more meaningful mail, looking at kind of family history pieces. Every month is a different theme. And so we've done themes like belonging, uh, books, empathy, you name it, it's kind of, uh, I think there are about 20 packs now available. So when you become a member, you actually get access to this portal that has, it's a members only website that has all of the connection packs in the portal, but you also are able to attend two different chats. One's called a grand mingle. And this was asked, the grandparents asked for this. So the membership has very much been developed alongside founding members that I had, kind of the beta members. Uh, and they asked to get together and connect and chat and they share ideas that are working for them. They share kind of some of the challenges that they're having. So the Grand Mingle, they go into breakout rooms. Sometimes I give them a discussion question. Uh, sometimes it's around a topic. So there are grandparents who have grandchildren who are a little bit older. The societies for grandparents to grandchildren ages 2 to 10. Uh, of course, it's very different to try and connect with a 2-year-old than a 10-year-old. So sometimes we split off into topics and then we have this, what I call the grand Zoom chat. And that's really everyone coming together and they can ask me any questions. So we 
you know, they can kind of crowdsource, call it grand sourcing the knowledge uh, of other grandparents who've been in similar circumstances. And then I also bring in a guest expert every month. And so we have had uh, everything from, you know, an intergenerational improv teacher uh, to people who specialize in grief and helping people cope with the grief of being at a distance. Uh, we've had a childhood grief expert come in because sometimes the grandchildren really show signs of grief when the visit is ending. Um, but yeah, tons, tons of different topics. I bring in all kinds of interesting speakers and I'm finding that people are really uh, interested in coming in to talk to, to grandparents and they love it because I've got such an like, engaged, beautiful group of intentional grandparents. So that's what you get as part of uh, the membership. I would say that, you know, people probably come for the content uh, and ultimately stay for the community because we really have created a beautiful community. And lo and behold, just like parents want to network around parenting or like we want to network around business, grandparents want to network around their role as grandparents. Well, this is very inspiring because uh, from my end, I have been trying to do community building also around a newsletter and a podcast. And I, I find what you're doing very inspiring. Uh, it sounds like a lot of thought has gone in and, and people respond accordingly. Are, are you getting good testimonials? Oh my goodness, yes. Yeah, I don't even, you know, I have to actually go, I, I get emails weekly from members because when I send out a connection pack, it's filled with ideas to try out. And for some grandparents, some of the ideas you know, they're not going to do it or they're not going to use idea A. But I've always got like idea B, C, D to try out because I really think it's important to figure out what is your kind of style of grandparenting. As one of my members described, it's what is your brand of grandparenting. Uh, so for some grandparents, they really like to be silly and they're happy to show up on a video chat and do some of the silly things that I recommend. Uh, but for others, they're, they're not. And I'm not forcing anyone to be the kind of grandparent that they don't want to be. But I want you to find something that works and that sticks uh, with your grandchild. And so to find that thing that you can bond over. And we spend a lot of time kind of looking for what that is and figuring out what feels good for the grandparent and also um, that works for the grandchild. So, yeah, we've had... Uh, so like I said, I, I've, I just started recently asking for kind of more concrete testimonials. Uh, because I'm growing this business quite slowly, uh, we actually moved back to Canada uh, in the la just last summer. And so I launched it during a pandemic with two small kids at home <laughs> and also, you know, taking on an international move during COVID, which had its own host of issues. I always say it was more logistically complicated to move back to Canada than it was to move to the Middle East, frankly. And so... Uh, but now really uh, kind of ramping up to scale the membership uh, in a bigger way. And so, of course, testimonials come in. But grandparents are feeling like some one thing that I hear a lot is thank you for helping me become a more intentional grandparent so that they were kind of sending something here and there, um, you know, but now they're sending something every month. They're having a certain connection every, you know, every kind of week with their grandchild. Um, that's meaningful, which, which then helps the in-person visits because they know what to talk to their grandchildren about because they know them. That's great. So I am fortunate that all of my grandchildren live in the same area that I do, but uh, could not-so-distant grandparents also benefit from what you're providing? Yes, they, they can. So I focus on long-distance grandparents because, like I said, 
I, you know, it is different to grandparent from a distance. Now, especially during the pandemic, we had people who were, were quite close to their grandchildren uh, geographically, and they would come into the membership and at first say, please don't tell anyone <laughs> that I'm not at a distance. Um, but, you know, be, because they knew that, um, you know, they knew that some of the heartbreaking stories that some of the grandparents were sharing weren't necessarily relevant for them. But what I'm sharing is really just about how to nurture a strong bond uh, with a grandchild. And so it does absolutely apply, you know, it really does apply to anyone. But I, I specifically target long distance grandparents because that's really my passion. Well, I could certainly see how, for me, it would be helpful to have those ideas A, B, C, and D because uh, I know what I do uh, and it's limited. And I don't always think of the clever activities or the other things that might engage. So to have a few alternatives in my hip pocket, I think would be just terrific. Well, you know what, Don, the other thing that I do is um, I, t I do presentations uh, for organizations. And when I do those, then, I'm, then it spans kind of all grandparents and all ages of grandchildren. But what I share is quite similar, whether I'm speaking to a group of long distance grandparents uh, or just a group of grandparents who are grandparenting in general and want to move towards more intentional grandparenting. And so, yeah, I've got, I've, I've got an idea a minute, as everyone in the membership knows. <laughs> I have to cut the packs every month. <laughs> that's, that's a terrific skill to have. Um, is there anything else you want to say about this that we haven't covered? About long-distance grandparenting in general? Sure. Well, I think, you know, one of the things that I think for anyone who is grandparenting, and it's really what I share is the number one secret to grandparenting from a distance, and that is to sweat the small stuff. And so someone wrote a book years ago called Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, uh, when it comes to developing a relationship with a child from a distance, I encourage you to sweat the small stuff. So you want to, I always send members what's called a grand uh, grandchild cheat sheet. And it really is just keeping some notes about them because you're, if you're talking to them and, you know, you see that they, you know, like pineapple on their pizza, just as an example. You know, when they come to visit and you've ordered or got pizza with pineapple on it, it's just a small way to show them that you're listening, you know, that you care. I remember my aunt at Thanksgiving. I didn't like pumpkin pie. Uh, I have seen the light since. And I love everything pumpkin flavored. But when I was a child, I did not like pumpkin pie. And she would always have a sugar pie there for me. And that was just a special feeling that she remembered that very small detail about me. If they mention a friend, doesn't matter what age they are, right? So if they're talking about going out with Holly, remember the friend's name because it's a much more powerful thing to say to a child. How, you know, how was that party with Holly that you went to? Or how, you know, how did Holly do on the test? As opposed to just saying, like, remember that friend that you talked about? Like, let them know that you are remembering the small things. And I think it is important to kind of write it down and have a bit of a cheat sheet uh, for your grandchildren. So that's kind of one of the you know, the key things that I teach in the membership, but also I teach something called the connection loop. And this will work for any of your listeners who are grandparents, uh, because even if you live down the street from your grandchild, no one else is sending them mail. As I said earlier, it's an exciting thing. I mean, my grandfather used to call it real mail. He'd ask me like, go check the, you know, go down to the post office and see if there's any real mail in there. 
And as it turned out, some of the real mail was from me because we used to, I used to send him postcards from, ever, from wherever I was at and he would send me uh, real mail. But what I teach grandparents to do is to kind of use the mail to then prompt a video chat, right? So if you're gonna send something and take the time, it's so expensive to mail things, but send something in the mail that you can then do together on a video chat. And so we have grandparents in the membership who, and lots of grandpas, uh, it's not just for grandmas, we've got lots of grandpas who yeah. are playing Barbies with their grandchildren from a distance. It's really about play, right? And you can play and do just about anything online uh, that you can do in person with a little bit of added creativity. So if you're going to send mail, I mean, send them a joke and don't include the punchline so that they have to call you for it. Those are the types of things that, you know, create this connection loop. When you have an in-person visit with a grandchild or when you see them, uh, we just had a grandmother who did this in the membership and lots of them have, but it's top of mind because just, we just spoke last week uh, where she left little notes tucked away for them that they loved. So in their pocket, uh, you know, leaving a little love note in their pocket, uh, she brought little cards with her. And you, know, you can tuck them in their mattress or unexpected places in their shoes uh, just to kind of you know, do something that lets them know how much you enjoyed that visit and that time with them. And then of course, get into the photos and the videos uh, because grandchildren of today will have, if my phone is evidence, 10,000 photos of themselves, but the photos that they'll wanna see are the photos of you together, the videos of you together. Uh, and then you can use those photos of you together to then send in the mail, right? And kind of our, how our memory works is that if you kind of write out a very detailed little story, you know, how if you guys were together at the park, you know, oh, I love that red slide. And remember we, you know, smelled that yellow flower. And uh, these are the things that really solidify memories for kids. And so always just trying to, you know, create a connection loop of some kind. That is brilliant. I think you must be a grandparent whisperer. <laughs> well, I, I love, so, you know, this business really allows for me to combine, I suppose, what was once the creative side of me, uh, that sometimes in a university setting you don't always get to use. I think it's changed now because innovation is something that is at the forefront in universities' minds. But when I was being trained uh, 20 years ago, <laughs> Um, you know, that wasn't really, it was like, do the research, publish it, and then move on to the next thing. This really allows me to take what the research tells us, you know, put it into an idea, creative idea, and then also be witness to the beautiful moments that grandparents and grandchildren are sharing. So it is a win-win-win for me <laughs> in terms of uh, what I hope to be doing for the rest of my life. That's really fantastic. I'm I'm so impressed with what you're doing, not only by your, your uh, instant idea generation, but also the fact that you've done the research and there's a basis for everything that you recommend. Carrie, thank you for being on the podcast and, and thank you for what you're doing for grandparents and their families. Thank you for having me, Don. It's been a pleasure. And you can find more about the project at Carrie's website. It is thelongdistancegrandparent.com. Thanks. Thanks, Don.
thanks for listening to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our free weekly newsletter, The End Game, at theendgame.substack.com. I'm Don Auction, wishing you all the best in aging with grace, with joy, and with purpose. I hope you'll join us for future programs here at The End Game.